This is Relationship, a podcast presenting a gay look at traditional relationships and values. With your hosts, the Cratellis. I'm Marco. And I'm Tony. Honey, come around my way around my life. Whenever mama say so, mama say, here I come on my throne, sit it high. Follow my parade, black parade. You know, it's not the segment where you sing, right? Talking slick to my folk, <laughs> nip that lick, li- lip like lipo. I can't say that hard. <laughs> That's really hard. It's hard. You hear them swarming right. Bees is known to bite. <laughs> now here we come on my throne, saying huh. Just when you thought it was over, folks. (laughs) Black Parade. It is Black History Month, hoes. Yay! (laughs) Please no. (laughs) It's Black History Month, so I am celebrating with a little Beyonce. (laughs) And Black Parade, because we love black love. Mm -hmm. And that's what this whole month is going to be, is a black parade. And it's going to be a whole ass black parade. Mm -hmm. We love it here. (laughs) How are you? Happy Wednesday. Obligatory woot woot to you, sir. Ah, we should get, you know what, soon we should start making t-shirts. Let's say woot woot Wednesday. And we should do woot woot Wednesday t-shirts and woot woot Wednesday coffee mugs. And (laughs) (laughs) those would be cute. Do people still use mouse pads? I don't think so. Because um, But that just button. means we could get them real cheap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why I haven't created like a um like a woot woot Wednesday like gif for us to like use. I should get on that. You should. Because it would be cat. Do it. One I see one that's like classy and wispy and then one that's like fun and cute. Well, yeah, I would just have them switch back and forth. Like it looks like light and then it would be like white and then rainbow and then white and then rainbow. It's Black History Month, Marco. It should be black. Well, no, I'm talking about (laughs) Wednesday. The white gets enough time on the air. (laughs) Amen. Amen. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It's it's wine Wednesday again. Mm Mm-hmm. Although it's actually Monday and we're wine Mondaying it, but when you hear this, it will be Wine Wednesday, and so yay! <laughs> and either way, you're drunk. <laughs> well, buzzed. I'm not drunk. You're buzzed. <laughs> I'm not buzzed. No, I'm full. It it complemented the meal, which is why we had it. Yeah, yeah, you did a very good job of cooking. Two weeks in a row, y'all. Woo woo. Wednesday, and <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm full. Um, and the wine is not getting to me like, you know, wine would on an empty stomach. I haven't even tried this bottle yet. Oh yeah. Neither have I. Is it any good? Tell me it smells delicious. You poured it and I could smell it instantly. It smells good. It has a little bit of an overtone that I'm not sure of, but let's find out. I know you guys, um, can't smell this or see what we're going through, but we're doing a wine tasting with you guys. It's a really dark red wine. It's way too sweet for me. Is it? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. And it doesn't look like it would be. It looks like it would be rich with like a nice body and a little bit of woodiness, but it's very sweet. It's delicious. It's It's really good. It's very sweet. It's fine. It's too sweet for me. I always have been the dry, woody, you know, spice guy. Seemsy. But it's delicious. Mm -hmm. Like, I could... 100% 100% drink this. I mean, I'm going to sip it. I ain't going to throw it out. You know what it like, <laughs> you know, you know, during the summer when I do my Spanish wine, oh, that would this be a is going to be one. perfect with Coca-Cola. Yeah, but you should probably do it with like 
Diet Coke or like sugar-free Coke or something. No one drinks that. It's just got so much sugar and you don't need more. No one drinks that. That's disgusting. All right. If I'm going to drink a Coke, I want all the sugar. Like, why would I like... <laughs> all the sugar? Give, like, give me the full experience. <laughs> Don't give me, like, part of the experience, because then it was just a waste Send of time. Send it right to my midsection. Yeah. Like, it's not gonna, no, give me it all. <laughs> Unless it's, like, the Mexican Cokes, the Mexican Coca-Colas, and, like, it just... Which are delicious. But they use, like, pure sugar Is that sugar appropriate cake. to say? It's literally... Coca-Cola manufactured in Mexico, would that be better? No, it's like literally Coca-Cola that's in Mexico. It's like the Mex- the Mexican one that it, the version of it. Just like I don't know. But write in and let us know if that is <laughs> inappropriate and if it is, I'll apologize ahead of time. Sorry, but, I'm becoming more and more aware and I'm just questioning things. No, it's I mean it's a very valid <laughs> question, but just like I always say like the Asian Kit Kats, have you ever had like the Asian Kit like the Korean Kit Kats? You remember? I'm, we, I'm not going to respond because I'm like 99% damn sure you can't say that. <laughs> no, no. But in Korea, they have completely different Kit Kat flavors than we do here. So they have like matcha, and then they have like an orange blossom one, and like all of these different versions mm-hmm. of Kit Kats that we don't necessarily carry in the U.S. And so it's not like I'm not being racist. I'm just saying it's like the Korean version of Kit Kats. Or maybe like what maybe they do this them. is maybe this is my world and my person centered language just taking over too much. But no, wouldn't it be Kit Kats made in Asia? Maybe it's just you as a white person deciding that you guys have an issue with something that's not really an issue because everyone's fine with it. Like leave it to the cisgendered white gay man to have a problem. In the world. I'm just asking if it's wrong. <laughs> I, mean, I don't have a problem. <laughs> I'm being funny. I was I was not trying to be mean, even though it was totally mean. Yeah. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I um, succeeded at your secret goal. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was literally I was literally before we got on doing this was watching a um I was on Twitter, which I'm always on, and Twitter was talking about these, uh, like, white gays are just so problematic these days. They just kind of have, like, all these problems with everything, but then, like, they're, but then they, like, cry oppression, Mm. and they, like, forget that there are other people that are far more oppressed than they are. So there was this scene where this white gay man is like talking to this like Asian woman. I don't know what it was. I was on like some reality TV show and she was like saying something to him. And he was like, you don't understand because you've never been oppressed before. Uh, He says, you've never been a minority before is what he said to her. He's like, you've never been a minority. And she was like, really? (laughs) I am a Chinese woman (laughs) minority (laughs) and his face was like like it was just it was hysterical um so anyways and then everyone was just talking about how white gays are just the worst we're the worst so bad Mm -hmm. it's okay it's true you're not as bad as most of them i'm learning I'm trying to learn. The other thing that was super fascinating is I was also watching um, this article about this like guy that is, uh, I guess he's on like this one man crusade that is like talking about and being honest about how he's not a natural bodybuilder that is an influencer on the internet and how a lot of influencers like try to get you to like reach these like 
body goals and things of that nature and they lie to you because they're all taking like supplements and like doing things to their bodies to like make them look the way that they Mm do um and he's like but i'm like here to tell you that like it's all fucking fake um and it's been so interesting because uh i was reading this like thread that was talking about this gay guy that was like essentially but he was like dating this other guy who had like a really great body. And even though he was still going to the gym, he was like, and like working out and working hard. He wasn't like attaining the build that this guy that he was dating mm-hmm. w- was getting. And uh, apparently the guy was like really rude to him about it and like beating him down because of it. Oh, and come to find out home dude was juicing Mm. the entire time and so that's the reason why he was able to attain those body goals and he was like and when i found out about that he was like i was so relieved because he was like oh it's a good reason for me to break up like it's not just (laughs) it's like not just me like you sort of say like i'm not like you know incapable of doing this like it's definitely this dude lying and like not being truthful he was like but i just thought it was like so weird that he would like be rude to me for not attaining the goal the body goals that he is like essentially shooting into his body cheating to to get yeah Yeah. like it's just Mm -hmm. crazy um so i'm telling you white gays they just crazy <laughs> they crazy y'all y'all wildin <laughs> well i won't defend them and i'll have to take your word for it <laughs> one scroll through twitter if i let you scroll through my twitter you would be like this is the shit that you look at on a day to day i don't know that i could last three minutes i don't it's think i could lot. move my finger twice before i'd be fed up it's a lot and like i have to belong to so many different like subcategories of or subgroups of people because there's black twitter and there's gay Twitter and then there's political Twitter, which is crazy. And so I'm in all of it and it's all just shit. It's all shit. It is. The world is going down. No, down, no, down, 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 no. This is, I always, always find that to be such an interesting comment. Like the world's not getting worse. Children aren't any different. You're just all paying attention now. <laughs> you just have more access to each other and to what was already going on. Preach, preacher. Mm. Preach, preacher. I'm done. I'm getting off the pulpit. How about, how about we go somewhere else? um tanzania no no into a hashtag you fool oh that was a great segue um drink your wine tanzania (laughs) hashtag tanzania (laughs) i don't know why i said tanzania i don't think that (laughs) i said yes (laughs) oh my god we're gonna hop into our hashtag in relationship queer relationship goal it's, I know yes. that one's wrong. It's the fourth episode. It's the fourth episode. You bear Wait, with, oh, bear with you're me. You're right. It's the quattro of the quattro. Oh my god, I hate you. <laughs> I hate this. Quattro squared. Of, get me out of here. Um, <laughs> every week, Tony and I will pick a wonderful queer couple and highlight them as our hashtag queer relationship goals. Our hope is to bring these relationships to the forefront and give a sense of positivity and perspective to the queer relationship narrative. <laughs> If you and your partner are interested in becoming our hashtag queer relationship that's, goals. That's really gay. Stop saying Or that. if there is a <laughs> queer relationship that you admire and would like to bring to our attention, please reach out to us. Tag us on some of your couple's photos on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Our handle is at podrelationship. Tony and I will take a look at your photos and posts and could potentially highlight you and your partner on an episode of the podcast. Queer. so this week um in celebration of black history month 
uh, Tony and I are going to be highlighting black queer couples the entire <laughs> month. And it is going to be so much fun. Um, so to kick off this month, we are highlighting the gorgeous relationship of Dre um, B, because I don't really know what his last name is. Um, you don't and- know what it be? Oh, good lord. <laughs> um, and he has an amazing, adorable husband named Will Smith. Not that Will Smith, um, but another Will Smith. Um, and they're amazing. So Will's Instagram handle is at willpowers underscore. And then you can find Dre. He is uh, at Dre the Blueprint underscore as well on Instagram. I'm obsessed. Yeah. Yeah. They are a beautiful, beautiful couple with gorgeous black men. Lots of personality. Gorgeous black men. Mm-hmm. Like beautiful teeth, beautiful skin. So much love between the two of them. Like they are always smiling. So such great smiles, so much personality. They look like they just have so much fun. Um, I love couples that look like they are just fucking silly with each other mm-hmm. throughout. The, like, mm-hmm. do you see what I'm saying? Like, they look like they just like have fun and they tease each other and they play around with each other and you know everything is. You like know what? Fun. You know what they are? They're the couple that if you were walking in a park, you wouldn't be able to help but like butt in on their conversation. Sure. You sure. try. You would try very hard not to. You'd be like, but they just—they're just awesome because they just look fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like like Dre. Like there's so many pictures of him. Like they look like they're getting ready to take a serious picture, and then Dre looks like he's getting ready to like stick out his tongue and lick <laughs> Will's ear. You know, or, <laughs> or like they just look like they're laughing and and shit. Like it's just you know they're chilling on the couch and like they just look happy and high as well. Um, <laughs> And it's just so amazing. I'm just obsessed with them. I love them so much. Um, there is a post, and I lost it. Um, I do not know where it went. So well done, well done. Give me a scroll. You say something right now. Something right now. Um, Sorry, you caught me mid-yawn. That is No awful. one was supposed to know about that. You, well, you yawn all the time. So I do. I'm letting them know that. I do. It's no, true. You're supposed to... Oh, God, where did this post go? Say something about them, because you think they're great. <laughs> I I do think they're great. I am enjoying uh, how uncomfortable Marco is right now. (laughs) So I don't want to say anything. (laughs) I just can't remember which profile it was on. I I literally had it and then I like, I think I swapped found it. I also have to say that with all the pictures of the amazing dishes that they post, like I kind of want to have dinner with them. Oh yeah. They just, like I said, they're amazing. So there's this post that was posted on August 19th of 2020. And it says, Will and Dre relationship note. Don't allow your friends or your family to get between you and your spouse. Don't associate with anyone who hates, disrespects, or dishonors your spouse. Make them, cl- make them clearly understand that you and your spouse are one. Anyone who truly cares about you will honor your choice of spouse and will treat your spouse, spouse with dignity and respect. Anyone who comes to you to gossip about your spouse is sowing seeds of division in your marriage. Stop them immediately. Shield your marriage. Protect your spouse's position image and reputation stand up in defense for each other what god has joined together let no one man separate yeah, let no one separate mark 10 9 <laughs> i like screw that up at the end that's okay but, um, you're human you're allowed it happens mm-hmm. i loved that mm-hmm. 
Yeah, uh, that sounds like the drum that you typically beat. <laughs> yeah, I, I can talk shit about my husband all day, but if you want to open up your mouth and say anything about him, you better be ready to fight. Because <laughs> I will whoop all that ass. Uh, no, I just love this. But no, like this is literally how I function. Like I could care too less. Like this, I'm marrying the man that I marry. I love them. You ain't getting between this. Like, and if you don't like it, let me kindly show you the door. Um, and, and the a, bottom of my shoe. And, I'm not lifting my leg up that high. <laughs> I meant to kick him in the ass out the door. Yeah, I'm not going to lift my leg up that high. But what I am going to do? I mean, is they I got gotta, saggy butts. Uh, it's true. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, anyways, I love them, and I think that you will like them because I know Tony likes them too. Mm-hmm. Even though he didn't vamp for me when I asked him to, he's a terrible co-host. I'm just awful. Terrible. <laughs> he's not even speaking in the microphone right now. That's how terrible he is. I am too. <laughs> so follow them on IG, y'all. I think you're gonna love them. Um, Will Smiths is Will Powers underscore on Instagram. And then his hers bin is Dre B. And that is Dre the Blueprint underscore on Instagram at Dre the Blueprint underscore. That's D R E the Blueprint underscore. Um, check them out. They're incredible. We love them. And hopefully we could be friends. Next time we go to DC, I want to hang out with them. Let's do it. And but they have to cook. yes i like this idea even more if Um, you know of a black queer couple feel free to submit them for our hashtag queer relationship goals for this month yeah we have two slots left Um, we do and so yeah we need more submissions you guys everyone can submit because we'll still use them and we'll just celebrate black love all year long how about that oh i love that let's do it see i married the right you you got the right white man (laughs) We're going to take a short break, but we'll be back in just a bit. So as we've shared with you all, Relationship got a bit of a facelift. Mm -hmm. It's no longer a weekly webisode on YouTube or IGTV. Now it's a weekly blog that will live on the website. Exactly. Every Friday, Tony will post a new blog to the website, giving some residual thoughts to the week's topics, epiphanies he's gathered, and ways he plans to use his newfound knowledge in our relationship. It's going to be a great way to let the message of the podcast linger just a bit longer for those of us who need some extra info. So make sure you head to podrelationship.com every Friday so you can read Tony's blog, Relationship. On the navigation bar on the left side, hover over Episodes, move the arrow down to Relationship, and click on it. Why? Because it will open up a whole world of content that will blow your mind and really get you to put your life and relationship into perspective. All right, now. It's just a blog. Don't oversell it too much. Oh, sorry. I was practicing my self-help guru marketing spiel and got carried away. (laughs) Wow. Well, who knew this uh, shitty little blog would have such endless potential? (laughs) See you all every Friday on podrelationship.com where my blog, Relationship, will live. And don't forget to comment or email and let us know what you think. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Hey everyone, it's your favorite podcast host, Tony. And Marco. If you haven't done so already, head to podrelationship.com for more Cretelli content related to the podcast. 
Check out our weekly hashtag queer relationship goals. Highlight a hashtag queer biz you love. Listen to episodes of the podcast. Check out the weekly blog, Relation Chat. Submit listener situations. Learn about upcoming events and giveaways. And sign up for our monthly newsletter. Podrelationship.com is a labor of love and our way of giving you all relationship content throughout the week. So head to podrelationships.com right now and get more Cortelli and relationship content you never knew you needed. See you all there. Bye. Bye. All right, so we are back. And before we get started on today's topic, we wanted to acknowledge some new Patreon members. Do it. Yes, queer. Um, we want to thank Florette, who has become one of my new favorite I'm listeners. kind of obsessed. I love that, mm-hmm. Florette. Yeah, Ugh. we did that virtual meet and greet and she was there. Yeah. The best. She's my spirit Beautiful. Animal. Beautiful <laughs> chocolate skin. Just great so attitude. Sweet. Wonderful laugh. Incredible and love the and smile. Smart. Mm-hmm. And I just am obsessed with her. And the, the goofy humility. I love Big her. Fan. I Big love fan. her. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with Florette. Yeah. And she has become my new favorite Patreon member. I don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Including all the Patreon members who are currently listening. Yeah. <laughs> We're obsessed with Florette, so thank you so much for being a Patreon member. And then Steve Lowe. Yay! Thank you, Steve. Friend of the podcast, became an official friend of the podcast when he gave us some money. He became a, be- <laughs> became a best friend of the podcast. <laughs> a better friend. Because now, now we've got his coins. And so now we're very... It's excited. fine. It's going into the Get Steve Drunk Fund anyway. Oh, we love it. He was drunk the last time we... It was his house... Party. It was yeah, it was an event, so it was great. So whatever. Um, <laughs> but I'm so excited. Thank you, Patreon members, for being uh, a part of us and the podcast, and for contributing. Um, we love you so much, and we can't wait to bring you more content. I can't wait to hear what y'all think about the sound checks. I think they're funny. You always think you're funny. I said, I think they're funny. <laughs> you didn't have to come at me like that. Oh, but I did. I was being very general. <laughs> but not very generous. <laughs> Jesus. Um, all right. Let's talk about today's topic. Fine. <laughs> You're nervous. Are you nervous? No. Oh, okay. No. You seem I'm just nervous. harassing you. Oh. It's my favorite pastime. that what that was? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's a low dose today. You get all your medicine later. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Um, yeah, so today we're talking about... Uh, Falling in love with someone's potential. Yeah. And the problems that that poses. Yeah. Wow. What yeah. Did, so, as a whole... <laughs> spell it. Spell whole. Um <laughs> Things overheard. <laughs> what do you think about this concept? This was a very. I'm sorry. I'm, like I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you a question, and then I'm not answer. done having words come out of my mouth. Yeah, and then I'm going to answer. That's what's going to happen right now. They're all rhetorical. <laughs> Co-host too. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> I don't know why he doesn't talk. Steamroll, steamroll, steamroll. <laughs> Dude, this was a. This was one of those topics that I. Fe- no, that please was- go ahead. 
I will literally <laughs> shove that microphone down your throat. It um, won't fit. <laughs> you've got a big mouth. Trust me. Um, I uh, I found this. Uh, so the reason why I ask is I found this topic fascinating. Like listening to it, I was like, or listening to it, reading it, I was like, yikes. Like guilty. <laughs> like it was. It was very challenging to me. So did you have? a reaction, a similar reaction? Like, how did you feel reading it? I think it's very common to get, get that get in that honeymoon phase and only see the good things and put a person on a pedestal and, and fall in love with what they could be and completely ignore what they actually are, both in the negative sense of the qualities of them that are not perfect, which we all have, um, but also in the... Speak for yourself. <laughs> I was. I was speaking for myself, for everyone. We're all imperfect. If we weren't, we wouldn't be here. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, you made me lose my train of thought. But in, in terms of the things that are negative about a person, but also in terms of what you project on someone and what you miss as a result of doing that. So yeah. I definitely am guilty of it, just like everybody else, or at least I think a lot of people. Um, I definitely saw... Um, I was definitely looking at potential things in you in some ways, but for the most part, that's something I've always tried to be very aware of. I'm a very ethereal, daydreamy, optimistic person. Um, so to see the best in someone and to see all their potential is not hard for me, but it's also something that I like try to pay attention to. Uh, I've been burned a few times early on in dating uh, where I was like, I have no idea what went wrong. And it's like, oh... Oh, now I know. Now I get it. <laughs> that person was completely wrong for me. I was completely wrong for them. And we had no business being together because all I saw was the potential. So that was definitely a problem for me early in dating. Um, but I think with you, I think you and I, like we had some rose tinted glasses, right? Rose colored, maybe even. Um, but <laughs> but um, rose nylon glasses. Oh, dear. <laughs> as long as it's not rose. Um, so I, I think we had a little bit of that, but I think you and I really did fall for each other honestly and genuinely. So for the most part, I mean, I definitely think there was some of that potential stuff there. Uh, but I think you and I were like, and, and we had some hard times where we were coming to grips with some of those things that we were in denial about. Um, but I think for, for us for right now, like where we are, it's a very, honest, very, not your potential, just who you are kind of a thing. Um, but that's but taken, it took us years. That's taken almost 11 years yeah. for us to get to yeah. that point, right? Because I do think that I dated you and considered you my fixer-upper. Not even from just like a fixed physical standpoint, because I knew I was going to have to like spackle and, and you know, reframe and do all of that. I knew I was going to have to work on that. <laughs> um, um, but... <laughs> But that being said, um, I do think, I think the two, I always joke about this and I can laugh about it now because 11 years later and you, my man, but like, it's so funny to me that I feel like we were very much so trying to put our best foot forward when we first met each other, mm. like saying things to each other that we knew each other would like. Um, you know, just to try to like 
Because, and it's funny to me because I never did those types of things before, but I knew I liked you. Mm. So I found myself needing to do those things because I really needed for you to like me as well. And I think the same thing happened to you. I think we come by it honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I think the same thing happened to you. Mm -hmm. I think you found yourself, you know, we, we laugh about it now because, you know, we had talked about smoking and, you know, neither one of us, I was like, oh, I've like socially smoked before, but like, I'm not like a smoke, like I don't smoke kind of thing like that. Like I've done it before, like super drunk. You like take a drag or two off of a friend's cigarette or whatever. Um, And you were like, oh yeah, like, no, I'm like, I don't smoke at all like you know and come to find out you did smoke like you weren't like an active smoker but you smoked like Mm. you smoked and especially when you drank yes and uh and it was so funny to me because um i think you did that because you liked me so much that you wanted you wanted that to be true. If that, do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so, and it was fascinating. And I can find the cute in it now. Mm. It was a huge problem for us during that time in our relationship. <laughs> um, but I also, there was a part of me, and I don't know if you remember, and this, and this is why I know I'm a good person. <laughs> oh, Lord, here we are again. <laughs> no, what was this, that, five minutes and we got back here? No, one of the things that I've always admired for you, from you, is that you have always said about me <laughs> that you feel like I have like this emotional maturity that is uh, n- not necessarily what you possess, but that like it's something that you admire, mm-hmm. like, something that, that you do. And I remember back in the day talking like during this whole smoking phase and how much of a problem it was in our relationship. And I remember saying to you, like, Tony, here's the deal. I'm not in love with smoking, but I need you to tell me that you are a smoke. Like if you need to smoke, like we need to figure out what I am comfortable with in terms of you smoking, because I'm not trying to change you as a person. I just need to know what I'm dealing with. Do you remember those conversations? And I like to think that that was a bit of maturity. That was my effort of not trying to see your potential but instead of take you as who you are Mm -hmm. do you see what i'm saying and and try to like love that person not because i wanted to be with a smoker but because i liked you so much that like if this was a thing we just needed to figure out how to make it exist Mm. for the two of us Mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah so i was trying really hard to not you know see your potential in that scenario i was trying to like see you for who you were that's a great example though of you potentially could have just gone for the potential yeah and let that be that and it's it's true and i think like i said i think you and i had some of our rough patches were because we were accepting the reality you and i just before recording this we're talking about a comment i made about your spending right and you know definitely for a long time there was like the potential that marco might chill out with his shopping um and you even still have said things like you know when 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 i need to i can i can hop to and you know and and i'll do and it's like 
No, nah, that no. Nah. Just just be just be honest with yourself. You enjoy shopping, and you if you can find a reason to be able, to, if you can find a way to be able to do it, you will find a way to do it. I so in my defense, I actually hate shopping, and you know that. That said, I do for some strange reason have this like desire for like needs, quote unquote needs. Which and again, think- those are wants. <laughs> We're still working on that That's one. That's why I said quote unquote. <laughs> We're getting closer. Getting closer. <laughs> Thanks for the cosign. Um, no, so I just knew that I like so there are things and and I talked to you about this where like I like look around and like I'm such a um I'm such a my partner pleaser mm. um where I just want so badly to like make you happy. Um, and so I want to like do things and so I can like look around and I'm like, oh, this is like beautiful, but like, what would make it even more beautiful? Like what's going to make him like happy about it? You know, like what's going to make him, um, cause you don't react to anything. You're kind of a mute when it comes to that kind of stuff. So like I spent a lot. I just don't like stuff. So for me, it's like, what can I get a reaction out of him from? Mm. Like, how can I like actually get him to like be happy about it and be like oh my god that is so beautiful and i really like that like so maybe i just need one more thing <laughs> to, to like get him there like maybe if he sees it like this he'll be like oh, beautiful babe you did a great job you know like it's it's so it's like it, it's weird i'm weird but that being said um i can hop to like if if i know that like this is the goal like, this is what we have to take care of. Like, this is what's going There is getting ready to be a child. Like, you can't go buying a green suit that you're not going to wear anywhere. Sounds like a real-life example, Marco. I spent $200 <laughs> on a random suit that I'm going to wear on the couch. <laughs> and so... Because I can, you know, like I, like I can, I'm not going anywhere. Like, you know, I have the money, but I definitely in the beginning of our relationship thought if I can teach him what I've learned about money, he has the potential to save exactly the same and spend exactly the same way that I do. And we can come up with something that is harmonious. And we did come up with something that is harmonious, but it was not what I had in mind at all. It involved as it often does both of us meeting in the middle. Yeah, I you know, and that's the one thing that I will say that I do appreciate about our relationship is I think we have found so many opportunities to meet in the middle. Mm-hmm. And we have done a really good job of creating our like Critelli sphere, like th- where we are. We've what did, we We've do. done a good job in terms of quality, the amount of time it took us to get there. <laughs> Bitch, this ain't no uh, this ain't no hundred meter dash. I, I'm I'm just saying I I was not fast. That's all I'm saying. No, you weren't, mm-hmm. and I don't think I was either. And I don't think we were collectively. Like I think that we had to get to a place, and it's fine. I'm okay with the journey. But this is what I've been telling you all along: is I think as a couple, it's about the fucking journey, right? Mm. It's about where we, you know, what was it last week we talked about, like happiness and being able to like Laughter. laugh about mm-hmm. it and like look back and be like do you remember when <laughs> um and i think that that is the beauty of this relationship like we can sit back and i can laugh about you lying to me about being a smoker or not like i can laugh about that because now look where we are mm-hmm. look how we are like look at the life that we've created and and where we are as a couple um, 
and we have a lot more. We go on vacation now, and you're like, I'm going to get some cigars. And I'm like, have at it. Like, have at it. Mm. We're fucking adults now, right? Like, we are adults, and we have built this thing. And I am confident enough in our relationship to know that you smoking is not the end of our relationship. (laughs) But 25-year-old me, 26-year-old me couldn't handle that as a reality, right? We just weren't there. And it's okay. And it's completely fine. But look where we are now. Can't believe we made it. It's another Beyonce song. <laughs> this like is what we're granny for. I, I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of those. <laughs> but I love it. And so I try not to see your potential. I try to like live in who you are. I'm like, my husband ain't going to live. Come on. Y'all know who my husband is. How am I going to do that? But what I am. And so that was the other thing is we were talking about like with my spending. <laughs> Um, that like one of the things that I have tried to do as your partner, as somebody who loves you is like, I've tried to be a lot more transparent about my spending. So it's less of a surprise and more of in my mind, what I like to think of as a collaboration. (laughs) (laughs) Is that how you see it? (laughs) You're helping me spend my money. (laughs) I'm going to try and accept you for who you are instead of loving your potential and, and just admit that you're crazy. (laughs) We knew this, though. Like, that's, I mean, if you're just now realizing that. <laughs> a collaboration? If I'm screaming no the whole time and you still do it, that's not a collaboration. Now, how, many times have I told you, how many times have I told you, like, I'm not showing this because of what your opinion is. Right, right, right. I'm just right, showing yeah. you this because. This is an I, FYI. I wanted to make you aware of this it. This is a period, not a question. So, like, when you have a meeting and we both know that Amazon's going to be delivering at this time between, you know, our these dates like you're not surprised you can take your meeting in the den because we know halo's you take your meeting in the den thank you i don't need to um no no so i try to collaborate with you uh and let you know a little bit more about what it is that i'm doing Mm -hmm. and it helps i think it helps i think it's making it like we're coming from a more honest place that's and that's the key thing is just being honest and isn't that what it's always about just being authentic Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) with each other Mm -hmm. you know flaws and all Mm -hmm. um you know and just and even admitting where you are just looking at like the potential and like downplaying the red flags because we do that we do that where we're like oh this is a big problem <laughs> yeah yeah reality it's a it's a tough place but it's a much better place to live yeah and being a grown up and like coming to terms with those realities is a super fucking tough place to be at as well it is it is crazy so we actually read uh, a couple of articles the first one was on medium.com and it was an article written by Andra Knox and it was written on July 4th on uh, 2017 um, and this is an interesting article that says how falling in love with the potential of someone can hurt us would you think about this article i thought it was really really good i thought it was um very straightforward in how it was written i liked some of the imagery um but it it definitely there were a couple of pearls that i just want to share that kind of a good pearl that kind of got to me um one is truth grows it expands and cannot truly remain truthful by being crystallized but we do that to ourselves at the very start by sizing up concepts and people with stats graphs facts Love it. Totally guilty of it. <laughs> and that I love that you. idea. I love that idea that, 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 that it's 
Truth is mutable. It's changing. It's evolving. And so if you like lock it down, then it's not the truth anymore. Lock it down. Lock it down. <laughs> then it's not the truth anymore. Right? Yeah. Um, and I just, I thought that was so well done. And especially because they said, you know, stats, graphs, charts, like facts. That's, that's Do me. you remember an argument that we had in the parking lot of our apartment building years ago? This was, God, seven years ago? Eight? No, less than that. I mean, more than that. Like nine years ago, maybe? And I was like, oh, my God, like, it's like you're trying to make me what you want me to be and not accepting me for who I am. And it's making it so challenging for me to, like, be who I am because, like, you're just so judgmental of who of that person. Do you remember that argument? Not that particular one, but I remember that issue for us. Yeah. And I was like, you need to stop doing this to me because, like, I feel like I'm living under your scrutiny. Like, like every, like everything is that. And you cried in the parking lot, and you were like, you were devastated, and also completely and utterly disgusted with yourself. <laughs> well, I also felt bad for you because that must have felt terrible. Terrible. Yeah, it wasn't fun. Yeah, I had no idea I was doing it. Yeah, but I. But again, you kind of live in this. Um, and look, I, look I, this is not like a Tony did everything bad time period because I've done it again multiple times to you. Yeah, as Marco's well. the worst. <laughs> did not say that. Uh, I've done it to you. No, as we well. both had a lot to learn because we were very young, and young. like everyone, had a lot of weird stuff happen to us that didn't put us in the best frame of thinking yeah. in some areas. Yes, because I am so, and we, you yell at me about it all the time now because I am nitpicky with you, right? You are. I'm nitpicky with you. I like sit back and the other day we were, I'm not going to tell that story. Thanks. Um, yeah. <laughs> Whatever it is, I'm sure thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think you want me to tell that I'm story. I'm sure I don't. Um, <laughs> no, but like we said, how many times am I like, br- like, you know, oh my God, you didn't put, your forehead is shiny. You didn't put enough beard oil in your beard. What's going on with your hair? And, uh, how many times do I do that with you? If I could, if I had a dollar for every time I heard what's going on with your hair. <laughs> Because your hair is fucking crazy all the time. My God. And we've got like 40 mirrors in this apartment. Like, come on. Uh, <laughs> Does it look like I have bad head? No, we're good. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't need to be quaffed. Yes, you. Nope. I don't need you to be quaffed. I need you to be like put together. And you have this like really weird texture of hair that's like curly but in like so many different curl patterns mm-hmm. like it's weird like your hair goes in like 70 different yeah. directions and so you have crazy hair all the time i tell you all the time <laughs> that you look like crusty the clown because your hair does this like weird poofing thing and you just don't take care of it and i'm like do you see what is happening north of your neck like this is not okay like, you need to fix this. And you're just like, oh, it's fine. I have learned to accept that Marco does not have the potential to not be nitpicky. <laughs> I, I, I fell in love with the idea that he might fucking stop one day. <laughs> well, that was your bad. <laughs> That was your bad. <laughs> but you this is why it's better to fall in love with the truth. <laughs> yeah. I never I never agreed to that. So, you know, I made it very clear that I was always going to do this. Um, and it's not because I need you to be like, you know, my Prince Charming, right? Like, I'm not looking for uh, Chris Hemsworth. Although, if he were to call me, I would say hello. 
but I'm not looking for that guy. I'm married who I married and I am completely happy with who I married. I love, I'm in love with who I married, but at the same time, you know, I'm always like, boy, like I'm like looking at your beard right now and I'm like, it's time for us to trim it, <laughs> get it together. Cause, Cause you're looking a little scraggly. <laughs> just, just a little scraggly. <laughs> uh, not That's to, my crazy. not to divert back to the actual topic at hand, but I'm gonna, <laughs> There's one other part of this first article that I really liked, um, and it says... Tell me more, tell me more. No, it doesn't say that. It says, listen, take heed to the signs that you can fall in love with your imagination just as deep as you can actually fall in love with a person. Mm. And I was like, oh, right in the junk. Because <laughs> you can. You can fall in love. I'm going to say it again. You can fall say in love again, with your preacher. imagination. One more time for the cheap seats in the back. <laughs> Yes. And I thought that was just so true. It is it is entirely possible. I mean, we do it all the time with things other than love, right? Where we just make up the whole thing in our head and none of it actually ever happened or very little of it happened or everyone on the outside looking in is like, how did you get from there to there? Because we all went over here. Um, and it's and it's so true. Um, and, and I like, you know, some of the, some of this, like you have to read the whole article because the tone is actually a hopeful one. Um, but it talks about like, just be honest with yourself that that's actually a fact and move on. Like just accept you it. You just have to be truthful. Yeah. Like, and that is with yourself, with your partner, all of it. Like you just have to be truthful. And I, and that was my, and again, like going back to the smoking thing, like here are the facts. I don't like smoking. You enjoy it here and there. Is there a world in which we both can exist where you're getting what you want, I'm getting what I want, and everybody's happy? Mm. What does that truth look like? Look mm-hmm. like, you know? And and there is a truth. There is a there is a middle, right? Like, and that is all that matters. And so uh, those things happened. Uh, happy to let everyone know that Tony does not smoke. Um, he does not smoke. He realized that I am a catch and uh, cancer uh, sticks are not as amazing as I am. <laughs> um. And on to the next article, please. Stop shaking your head like you are in disgust. You are obsessed with me. Not right now. I'm not. You're obsessed with me. <laughs> you love me. <laughs> I um, do love you. Uh, the next article I actually really love. Yeah, this one was really good, too. This one was great. It was on alternativeshrink.com. Which I love, and I'm going to explore the heck out of when we're done. It's really cool. And it was written by Dr. Kai Swigert. That's a very that's a good, interesting name. Good, good one. Swigert? Swigert? I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, so essentially, this article it goes through a lot of the same things in the other article and just tells you about how dangerous it is to like fall in love with someone's potential instead of who they are as a person. Um, and it goes through a couple of different subcategories uh, underneath that main overarching idea. Um, one is remover, removing our own stuff so we can see theirs, mm-hmm. um, which was... Very eye-opening. Yes, projecting is real. <laughs> it is. Yeah, you have to take your shit out of the mix to know whose shit is what. <laughs> Correct. And to know what's real and what's it's not. Like It's like, have you ever like washed clothes and you accidentally left a red sock 
in with the white clothes that you were just watching. And then when you went to go take the <laughs> clothes out, they were all pink. <laughs> because you left your shit in the wash. And that is what ended up happening. And so now you bled all over their shit. And so you can't see what is what anymore. The white clothes ain't white no more. Um, and so that is exactly what that But then just to extend that metaphor, if you correctly run it through bleach, you'll get your shit out of there. You'll get your shit out of there. Take the sock out of there. Put some bleach in there. <laughs> they come out white again. therapy. And... <laughs> And or it, just honesty, perhaps honesty, a mirror, um, a, a, little, a little mirror, whatever, and it just like fixes everything. Um, I didn't want to do that, but I had to. No, I like it. Good job. I didn't want to do good, it. Good, good job. <laughs> I felt bad doing it. <laughs> I love it. I was like, don't extend this metaphor any further. I love it. Um, you always be trying to cut my metaphors off. Why <laughs> no, it was just the laundry one. <laughs> um, the next uh, sub. Uh, category or sub category is topic uh, (laughs) is are they really available and that's you you would think if someone was dating that they would want to be with someone but it honestly like and ironically that's not often not the case we didn't date under wanting to date circumstances well that's kind of the opposite of what i'm talking about but yeah you and i didn't want to date and ended up in a relationship. There's plenty of people who are dating who don't want to be in a relationship. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So it's it's a valid question. Like, mm-hmm. And you would think, so simple, like, is this person actually available? Just because they're sitting in front of you does not mean they are available. Right, right. Just because your vagina or your butthole or your pinga likes them doesn't necessarily <laughs> mean that it's for the lockdown. Mm-hmm. It does just not work that way. Um, do they have the capacity to both give and receive love? Wow. Yeah, again, very much a, ball kicker. A thing you would think you wouldn't have to ask, but you do. No, but see, and what people constantly forget is that giving love and receiving love are two completely different skills. Mm-hmm. I think that I'm great at receiving love. Mm-hmm. I'm not fantastic at giving love. I would agree with that assessment. <laughs> that wasn't shade. <laughs> it was how quickly you answered that. <laughs> how quickly did you offer it up? <laughs> it's the truth. I think I if like, if we were to very simple overly simplify things like you just did, then then that is very true. That doesn't fully capture the complexity of the issue at hand. Well, one hundred percent. And I also think that like Which is why that's and, not shape. And then I'll <laughs> and I will take that a little bit further. I actually am great at giving love. It's just that there is a specific love to you, uh for you, I should say, that is uh, not within my wheelhouse. Mm. That is a little, because I am a great giver of love. Like, I think that I am such a giver. Ask every single one of the nieces and nephews that I have. Ask all of my friends who I literally give my femur to every single time that they need. Like, I am a giver. My family is like never wanting for anything when it comes to me. Like, I give love. I just think that there is a particular way of giving love. And I also get really drained in terms of giving love. And so there are moments where I'm just like, I ain't giving nobody shit. (laughs) And that's just how it happens. I think you are a good receiver of love because you are constantly practicing self-love. Yeah. I think you're a great receiver of love. I'm a mushmelon. (laughs) 
I, love I think love. you're a great receiver <laughs> of love. And I think you have problems with giving love as well. Mm. I think you have a huge problem with giving love because again, I think that you see people's potential and you've created this fantasy, not fantasy. I take that word back because I think fantasy has a bad connotation, but I think you have this picture of how your love giving and receiving relationship is going to work. And when people don't fulfill your fantasy, you have a very hard time. Um, you have a very, like, y- y- the walls that you build up are almost impenetrable. Like, you have a very, very hard time resetting around the new situation because it's not what In you In particular, when I feel abandoned. That's sure. like that's like my twisted, in, fully integrated button. Like, if you push that, it hits every system. Sure. Yeah, no, it's, it's totally sure. true. It's absolutely true. It's definitely yeah. something I constantly have to work on. Mm-hmm. And, and I've, you know, kind of re refound my belief system um and like i'm just looking at these as like opportunities now so you're not you're not hurting me you're not disappointing me you're teaching me um and so i'm trying to like live in that space again and and there's a couple of people that i'm able to do that with that i feel very close to and very comfortable with Mm. um but it's it's definitely a work in progress or process depending on how you uh, like to say it life as always um the next one is acceptance Mm -hmm. true which i just displayed (laughs) yeah um True acceptance, right? Because mm-hmm. true acceptance, like you can say, it's easy to be like, oh God, you're, yeah, totally. I accept, I accept you. It's easy to say that, right? Yeah. But to truly accept somebody and actually be completely okay with who they are as a person through and through is a completely different skill. And it takes way more time so than you time. think. Yeah. So much time. Yeah, it takes years. So much time. But that's kind of, in my personal opinion, what this podcast is all about, right? You decided to create a life with someone, and there's a lot of shit that you're going to go through, and it's easy to eject, right? Exit <laughs> stage left, like, I'm out this bitch. It's so easy. But there is a lot of shit that we have to go through to be, to stay with the person that we're in love with. Mm-hmm. and true acceptance of who they are gives you uh, a little bit more time with them and and allows you the opportunity to work through some of that shit because then you come to terms with who they are as a person and you accept them and then you can be um i can't even say blissful like we are because we're not blissful but you end up learning a lot of fun lessons and having fun along the way well and that's what this article says this is something that i really liked about it they said um that the true acceptance needs to be based on what you yourself observe identify and experience with someone over time which is an awesome reason to take it a little slower slow yeah yeah, so, yeah. I really like that. Y'all be trying to go to pound town. Like, <laughs> let's just, let's make love. Well, and just before that, they say people will tell you exactly what you want to hear just to get their foot in the door or their hand down your or pants. The hand. And, and it's, yeah. and it's true. Like you and I were just talking about how in the beginning we were telling each other what we thought we wanted the other person to hear. Cause you was trying to get your hand in my pants. I was not. You were. I was not. <laughs> I was not trying to get my hand in your pants. I got exactly what I wanted. I kissed you. I was good. <laughs> You're the one who, well, never mind. I did no such thing. Oh, really? What did I Our do? listeners already know what happened the night we met, so. What happened? <laughs> you decided, you called me and said you wanted to hold me, and I told you you couldn't come over, 
but we weren't doing any hanky panky. Mm-hmm. And then I was sleeping in my bed the way that I normally sleep in my bed. Mm-hmm. You were pushing it up on me. Don't even try. That's not what was happening. <laughs> that is not what was happening. You smelled like McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have McDonald's. You had chicken nuggets on your way there. <laughs> no, I didn't. I had Taco Bell. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> Wrong password, please. That's what it was. Beans uh, and regret. No beans and no regret. <laughs> Dollar chicken burrito and perhaps a little bit of regret. <laughs> um... <laughs> I was just going to sleep, and you mm-hmm. kept pushing it on me. No, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, um, the last uh, category is uh, a dating checklist, which uh-huh. I actually thought was like super helpful. And apparently, there are a couple of different uh, dating checklists mm-hmm. from like Psychology Today, uh, from Bustle, um, eHarmony, eHarmony, and things Cut of that, that nature check. as well. Um, so you definitely take a look at those because they're actually super helpful for this. But they said like date that like creating a dating checklist is like super helpful. Number one should focus on your core uh, focus on your they say you should one focus on your core values two leave physical qualities off the list, which I really appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that that was fantastic. Three, know your deal breakers. Uh, four, stay open minded about things that aren't on your deal breaker list. And five, allow yourself to stray from the checklist, which I think is so important, right? Yes. Yes, except for the part about your values. You probably shouldn't stray too far from those. No, but again, there are things that like, again, I, like I had it on my list, like, well, I'm not dating a smoker, right? I just, that just wasn't non-negotiable for me. And then I came to the realization that like, I like you more than I care about that. So we can figure out what's going to happen with that. It's like that episode of Sex in the City with Aiden and Carrie. Like he told her that he wasn't going to, and then she was sneaking it. And the next thing you know, they were together because he was like, we're just going to have to figure something out. And I thought that that was super helpful. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Yeah. This article was great. They both were. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. And and I love and I'm very happy that we have both come to a place where we appreciate each other and we don't see each other's potential, but we see each other. I still see your potential. I'm just not in love with your potential. I'm in love with you. I mean, I'm amazing. So, Lord, um, three times in one segment. No, I just think it's super helpful. And I think it was, it's like lovely. And I see your, I see our potential. Mm. I, so I don't like see your potential anymore. I see our potential. I see like our future. I see what we're going to do in the future. I see who we're going to be in the future. So I see that potential. I know you are going to be an incredible father and great co-parent. Like, I just know it. Mm. You're going to drive me crazy because I'm going to, I'm going to be the father that keeps everyone on schedule. <laughs> and you're going to be the father that's like, we're going to play video games for just a little bit more. We'll be ready for dinner in a minute. And that will totally be you. But no, it won't. But, First of all, I'll be on wait, schedule. Second fin- of all, I'll be the one doing the cooking. Let me finish. <laughs> let me finish. No, because, you know, I told you I like cooking for multiple people. Oh. So if we have other kids and if we have kids in the house, I'll cook for them. But you will also have made sure that all of their homework is done. Mm-hmm. Everything is correct. You're probably not going to be crazy about their penmanship no. like I am. No. But th- I will have to check that and make sure that that stuff looks good. Um, I'll teach them how to type. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Um, and and I will have sense. processed their day and yeah. made sure they didn't have any questions or that anybody didn't do anything to hurt them. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, you're going to be a great father. That's mm-hmm. I know that. I know that. And I know we're going to be a great team when that kind of stuff happens. So I see our potential when it comes to stuff like that. I see my shopping not being a thing anymore because, well, that's not necessarily true because I will be buying things for the kids now, right? And I will it's go It's just going to change that. forms, Marco. Yeah. Just deal with I'm it. I'm just going to like buy things. Like I've, I've already accepted it. It's fine. I see us not drinking as much as it. Like it's a, we'll have a glass of wine every once in a while because we care more about spending time with them and hanging mm-hmm. out with them than we do getting a buzz. Mm-hmm. You know, I see video games kind of being a family event, not necessarily mm-hmm. a you sitting in the room playing video games by yourself thing anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, every single time, every <laughs> single time, not every time, just twice. The worst. <laughs> um, I see you. You're managing, not supposed to record this late. <laughs> I see you managing your alarm clock better. <laughs> <laughs> I see you managing your anger. <laughs> No, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Anyways. That's okay. I love that. And I loved reading that. And I love you. Mm, I love you too. And I love you and not your potential. <laughs> well, you have no potential. So obviously oh, I just you love you. dirty, rotten <laughs> bastard. <laughs> <laughs> that ass whooping that you are, uh, we're going to get is no longer a potential <laughs> ass whooping. <laughs> it's a real one. <laughs> So with that said, we're going to take a break. He's going to catch these hands. <laughs> Help. We'll be back. Hey, everyone. It's the Critellis here with a quick reminder to head to your favorite podcast platform to rate and review Relationship. Yep. Your five-star rating of the podcast helps make Relationship easy to find for those seeking the topics and information discussed in our episodes. So when you have a few minutes to spare, please hop on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to the podcast and give us a five-star rating and a glowing review, telling potential listeners why you love the podcast so much. We cannot stress enough how vital reviews are for the success of the podcast. So please, 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 please take a few moments and write a personalized message saying what you enjoy about the show. We appreciate your continued love and support of us and relationship. Thanks in advance so very much. Bye. If you're anything like me, then you love buying things. I don't think anybody likes buying things as much as you do. Thank you very much. I appreciate the compliment. That's not how it was intended. (laughs) That said, I like buying things and find even more pleasure buying from LGBTQ plus businesses and services. That's why once a month, Marco and I host a mini-sode under the relationship umbrella called Hashtag Queer Biz, and we need your help. If you are a business owner or like shopping from an LGBTQ plus business or service, please reach out to us. Head to our website, podrelationship.com right now and submit your favorite queer business or service right there on the site. On the third Friday of every month, a new episode of Hashtag Queer Biz will air, where we will talk to a queer business owner about their business or service. Our goal is to connect you all with people within the community that you can support and lift up by shopping from or utilizing their business or service. So head to podrelationship.com today and submit a Hashtag Queer Biz for the next episode of our monthly mini-sode. And don't forget to check out the businesses we've already highlighted. Their information's on our website, so go give them a little love when you can. We thank you for supporting our LGBTQ family.
So today we have the pleasure of being joined by educator and author David Ellison. David, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. And thank you so much for inviting me. Of course, of course. There is, it sounds like a menagerie of of, of beauty going on in the background right now. Where are you right now? Uh, my partner and I retired in a, uh, a small town in Mexico, just south of Guadalajara, called Ajijic. And uh, it's one of my greatest pleasures in the morning. I go down with a cup of coffee and sit outside by the pool and listen to the birds. I also have some binoculars because they're beautiful. They're yet, you know, yellow and red, and it's, it's just a lovely way to begin the day. So birdsong is one of the blessings we enjoy here. Uh, so Tony, new life goals. This is how we're retiring in the future. So, so when I was reading the book, there's a big part of it uh, in there about that being your goal and your plan. And I, I definitely put the book down for a good five minutes and just envisioned what that might be like. So it's actually a real pleasure for me to be here and kind of be in it with you. Well, I think is a, we can talk about that perhaps later, but uh, not only is, is it a lovely place to retire, but it's a, an extremely gay friendly place as well. And so here uh, among the expats, as well as among the Mexicans, uh, gay straight, it's a complete non-issue. Wow. And, and believe it or not, two blocks off the central square, which means, you know, uh, not even a quarter mile away from the church is a dilderia. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I'm sorry. I need you to repeat that because I need to make sure I heard exactly what it's you said. It's a dilderia. It's started by a Canadian. And, uh, and so now it's become quite the tourist attraction. Everyone has to go get their photograph next to the dilderia. And <laughs> oh, uh, he always has some fun little placard outside. So one of them read, welcome to the fun side of Trump's wall. <laughs> it's a, a fun place to be. And Ajijic is on Lake Chapala, which is the largest freshwater lake in Mexico. And it's surrounded by mountains. And I'm a hiker. So to uh, at least once a week, I go out kayaking on the, on the lake. And at least once a week, I go out hiking in the hills and the mountains. So it's a lovely place. And, uh, and then we uh, volunteered at two local dog shelters. And uh, once COVID is over, I will return to teaching English in a very, very poor village to the east of us here. Wow. I mean, uh, sign me up for everything. See you next week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. Incredible. I do have one question is going to be like an offline question, but was the like the ex like, like leaving the country, was that a hard process? No, uh, not at all. But it happened quite by accident. Uh, my partner and I were just, uh, he was retired, but I was still working. And uh, But we loved to travel. And mm -hmm. during uh, one of my spring breaks, we said, hey, there's two towns in Mexico I've always wanted to visit, one being Guanajuato, the other being San Miguel de Allende. And so we just came just on a lark just to see the two towns. But um, and our first day in San Miguel, we love both towns, but San Miguel is quite the expat center. And uh, a real estate agent on our first day said, hey, come on in. And we said, no, not interested. We're just tourists. But after two days there, we, we changed our mind. And I was just astounded at how much there was to do. 
And, wow. uh, and, and that's what really sucked us in. And, uh, and then we went home and thought about it. And uh, Edgar did some research and said, there's this other place called Ahihik. And I said, cool, let's go there next spring break. And I thought we were on a reconnaissance mission, but <laughs> he was on a purchase mission. So, and the rest is history. Here we are. Wow. And it sounds like you're Spanish. It, like, it sounds like you're very fluent in Spanish. Is that a, a, a great uh, deduction? I wouldn't say I'm very fluent in it. Um, I used to teach it. Um, right after college, I went to Spain and lived there for about a year and a half mm-hmm. and uh, worked very hard. But of course, I started very late in life. So um, I'm conversationally fluent. But if you get two Mexicans talking to each other, I'm lost. that's always my my issue is like i'm very good from like a book standpoint so like if you put spanish text in front of me i can translate all of it but if you ask me questions i like my brain does not know how to process the information and i have to like mentally try to figure out like how to google translate everything that you just said and and it takes a really long time so i I feel embarrassed and then just end up walking away from the whole process so no don't um, don't feel embarrassed. It's the American educational system. Uh, we just do everything wrong there. And uh, we really should start to teach languages from the very earliest grades. And uh, it's just a shame the way yeah. it's done in the United States. I mean, Tony and I, I have literally said, yeah, Tony and I have said from the very beginning that uh, when we have children, they are going to learn a, a, a second language very early on. Mm-hmm. Like we want a, a probably very, a third. Yeah, like a multilingual child, uh, from, you know, from a very early age, because it's just one hundred percent necessary. All other countries end up doing it, and for whatever reason, we've chosen not to. But that's a whole other podcast conversation. Yes, indeed. And I'll, <laughs> I'll stay off my soapbox. <laughs> yeah, one of my many. <laughs> I promise I you, it. we'll put you back on it in a minute. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, David, tell us the very we like we always call it uh, your origin story. We want to know a little bit more about where you came from, what life was like growing up for you, and when did you come to your queer identity? Um, well, I want to start at the end, just because the beginning is so depressing. Um, okay, I mean, the end is that eventually, very late, but eventually, I. I, I was completely out, um, uh, so much so that I was. <laughs> I, I wrote a column as an educator, and I was an out columnist. I was an out uh, school administrator, and mm-hmm. ended up designing and teaching an LGBT, uh, LGBTQ uh, studies course for the high school where I taught. So it has a happy ending, but the beginning is anything. But happy. Um, I grew up in Ohio, outside Cleveland, and uh, went to a Catholic grade school, Catholic high school, Catholic university, and I was a true believer. and uh, And this was also a time. I'm 61 now, so this is uh, a time when there just were no gay role models anywhere. I didn't. Not only did I not know anyone who was gay, I'd never heard of anyone. Who was gay? I just know that that gays were pedophiles who hung around bathrooms and sure. and uh, and even I, I, it wasn't just a case of living in the closet. It was a case of pretty much complete sexual repression. Um, in college, I went to uh, the University of Notre Dame, and uh, wow, they I think it was my sophomore year. A fellow was um, expelled. 
uh, a fellow from our dorm was expelled because he had had a girl in his dome in his dorm room for the evening, and we could talk about it only in hushed whispers, not only because of the scandal, but just because, oh my God, he had actually, you know, had S-E-X. And, you know, this is in college and we were that repressed. And at the time I was very religious. I kept a journal um, and it was uh, actually a form of prayer. So my journal entries began with, dear God. And very often I, I had this euphemism. I would say, dear God, I failed again today which meant that I had masturbated. (laughs) Wow. And, you know, this is in college. I I was that just screwed up. And, uh, you know, as many, many years later, I was somewhere where there was this button that just made me burst out laughing. And it said, every time you masturbate, God drowns a kitten. (laughs) (laughs) And it made me laugh, but it it struck a chord because that's pretty much the way I felt at the time. And so, you know, I I couldn't even deal with with jacking off. So how was I going to deal with being gay? Mm-hmm. And I think if I'd had a sexual, you know, if I had once, you know, had sex with somebody, I probably would have killed myself. Right. And uh, so that was just awful. So I wasn't just running away from my sexual identity. I was running away from sex, period. Mm-hmm. And, and this continued for a decade after that. Um, my means of escape was workaholism. And yeah. uh, so I... Uh, I ran away from intimacy with everyone, including and perhaps especially myself, uh, by immersing myself in what I call noble workaholism, sort of the Midas touch of one person making a difference. And uh, I just look back at what I was doing at one point, and it was all wonderful stuff, uh, really important stuff that I believed in. But in retrospect, it was also really sick. Uh, yeah. And... Uh, but then when I turned 30, I think that's what happened. Two things happened. Number one, I turned 30 and I thought, my God, I've never had an intimate relationship with anybody. And number two, I was finally teaching in the public schools, which meant that I had decent health care. And I learned I could go talk to a counselor with, yeah. Kai- with Kaiser Permanente. And uh, so I, I did that. And I called from a phone booth because I had a roommate. And I still remember telling the nurse, don't you dare put me with a gay therapist. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when I walked into the guy's office, I told him, are, are you straight? Do you have kids? Are you married? <laughs> the poor guy must have just said, oh, this guy is a wreck. <laughs> and he was so good for me, um, this man. I later wrote him a letter thanking him. And uh, he just, you know, sort of gently gave me a good swift kick in the pants and said, you have to stop running away from yourself. And Mm. uh, he gave me some homework. I mean, I remember he said, David, I can't tell you who you are. And of course he could have, but he realized I had to tell myself. Mm -hmm. And he said, but you need to stop running away. Why don't you just go out and meet some gay people? They don't bite, you know. And, sure. uh, and of course, now I'm saying, well, some of them do. <laughs> so I was going to say that. You have Only to if you ask them. But yeah. <laughs> so I went to, uh, I, I love hiking and I was a member of the Sierra Club. And I had tried not to notice that they had this new gay and lesbian section. But at the urging of this therapist, I went on a hike with 
you know, the LGBT section of the Sierra Club. And uh, boy, I went to the trailhead and I thought something must be the matter because there were a bunch of people there, but they didn't look gay. <laughs> and I, don't, I think I was expecting pink spandex and feathers or something. And But that group was the first of many organizations that I, uh, LGBT organizations that I joined. I'm a joiner. And, uh, but it just was perfect for me because uh, I got to know these people and they just, I learned to both like and admire them greatly. And then I realized, well, if I can like and admire them, then maybe I can finally, you know, accept myself. And, uh, and that's what happened. And uh, it became a very slippery slope. And so, you know, I started, I came out first to myself and then to some key friends. And then I started working up the ladder of my family, saving my parents for last and uh, and then before I knew it, I was a gay activist in my district, and no one was more surprised by that than myself. Wow, I, you know, and thank you for sharing that. That is, uh, you know, a few thoughts. But the first is that um, I, it's so crazy to me how religion ruins so many lives. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and 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 you know, I I, I say that kind of sarcastically and, and, you know, trying to be funny, but like, it's so crazy to me how religion just ends up becoming such shackles on our lives and, and, and it gives us the inability to like actually find out who we are and, and not really allow us to be who we could potentially be. And it's just so um, sad and unfortunate because we all uh, could, you know, have, definitely reached most of our potential you know earlier in life if it wasn't for god or you know uh, a sky daddy as uh, the gays are calling him these days um I, I it's just it's just so unfortunate but what i do love is that you know much like the saying it gets it gets better i love that you um were able to figure out who you were and then kind of turn it and and choose yourself right and and then later make it uh, uh make life what you wanted it to be i i'm very very happy to hear that yeah i well i was such a you know true believer in the catholic faith in fact i taught in catholic schools i was for a while I contemplated even being a priest and oh thank god i didn't go down that road yeah. oh um but um if there is a God, it's very clear that the day I finally accepted myself was the day that God, he or she did a jig of joy saying, thank, you know, thank you for finally accepting this gift I gave you. What took you the hell so long? Yeah. Um, and uh, so I went, I sort of say I went through a period of denial and then being gay was God's curse. And, and, and then it became my sacrifice to bear. And I look back now and just realize it was one of life's greatest blessings. Um, first it forced myself to plumb myself to my core and find a courage that I don't think I would have found otherwise. And to realize I can't follow the script, so I'm going to have to make my own and what a liberating place to be. Um, and then just being an out educator, it's very clear I became a much more powerful educator as a gay one than I ever would have been were I straight. And and I also, you know, even in my LGBT studies course, we discussed that that um, 
sexuality or sexual identity is about so much more than just whom you're attracted to. Um, it's very clear that my flair for the dramatic and so on that helped make me a teacher um, is also intrinsically linked to my being gay. So if you took away my gaydom, you'd probably take away the best part of my teacherdom as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, that's what? It's wonderful. So what? Um, so this this long journey that you were on has eventually led you to Edgar. Yes. Tell us about, tell us about that. How you all met, um, and what that journey was like. Um, well, we we it's sort of a cute story actually. I was uh, we met online. I think it was uh, Match dot com or and or uh, I think it's called uh, OK Cupid. And uh, I had, uh, you know, you can set up your parameters as to who you're looking for. And um, Edgar's profile came up. In fact, he was usually featured at number one. And so I sent him a wink, which is sort of a way to say, you know, I I read your profile. I think you're interesting. Have a look at my profile. And so I sent him a wink and then he didn't reply. (laughs) So I, uh, I just said, oh, Oh well, and uh, at any time I did a search, he kept coming up, but I just wrote him off. And then I think it was a full year later, um, I get an, uh, a message from him through I think it's Match.com or so, or something, saying, "Hey there, uh, I think we exchanged a message or two a year ago. Uh, you want to meet for coffee?" And I felt like saying, "Listen, asshole, you never even got to him, <laughs> you know, an email, but." Um, we agreed to meet for actually for breakfast, and uh, the week before, I'd had uh, I'd met someone else from Match dot com that turned out to be sort of a, a date from hell. We met at a Starbucks, and it just kept going. It got so bad that um, uh, it actually got to be funny because um, <laughs> he he showed up and and. It was like, okay, that photograph was from 15 years and 30 pounds ago, you know? <laughs> and then I, I sit down and I said, you know, have you had any luck with Match.com? And he said, oh, so many people lie on their profiles. <laughs> I was staring at him going, you think? And then, he, and then he launched into his anti-public school diatribe. And I thought, he knows I teach in public schools. I mean, he just – and then he – I, it just kept going from bad to worse, and then I couldn't get a word in edgewise, and so then I began to enjoy it. I, <laughs> I thought, "Wow, this is real—it's so bad, it's funny." Mm-hmm. And and so the very next week was when I had my date with Edgar, and as you might imagine, I had all shields up. I was mm-hmm. expecting sure. the worst. And um, I came down the escalator at Rock Ridge Bart Station, the you know the the uh, public transportation system. He was at the bottom there, and um, I, the first thing I pretty much said to him, I said, "Edgar, you need to change your profile photograph." And he looked hurt, and I said, "No, you're far more handsome in person." And uh, <laughs> and so that was uh, just over nine years ago. Wow. Tony, that almost sounds like what you said to me when we finally met in person, too. Yes, your pictures did not do you justice. Yep. <laughs> That's so sweet. That's so exciting. And it's funny love... because you don't take a bad picture, and they're very accurate now, so I don't know what was happening back then. 
I mean, it was me. It was the same picture. It's just you preferred the real thing. What can I, I say? Did. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is so. Ex- I mean, and you guys have like just built like such an amazing life together. Again, you know, retired together. You know, living in a different country. Um, it, it's it's just so great to hear that. And you said nine years ago. Mm-hmm. You know what's even more amazing, and and this is gonna, it's not an insult, but what I love is that it was kind of an, a later in life love that uh, is is still you know flourishing just as my and and I just love hearing that um, that you know it, it it doesn't have to happen at a certain time period, right? It can happen when it's supposed to. Yeah, I I mean I I don't believe in providence that everything is as it was meant to be. I just think I was damn lucky. Um, mm-hmm. But there are, you know, a few things that I wish people had told me long ago. And when, my sister sent me something about relationships, and um, some experts said that what this expert recommended is that you you sit down with a potential partner over coffee early in the relationship, and you say, "Okay, tell me in what ways you're crazy." <laughs> okay, <laughs> you know, let's just get it out right from the beginning what are the ways in which you're irrational and you're not you know you're you're just a jerk so and and i think if you go into a relationship not expecting perfection and not expecting everything to follow the script and accepting the fact that this is going to require compromise and work and sacrifice and letting go of a lot of expectations uh then you've got a, sh- a chance yeah very wise sure. advice I love that. I love it too. So let's talk about um, let's talk about your book. So mm. so why did you title it? It's it's called Santander, um, rambling on borrowed time. Uh, and so why why did you choose that title? Why why did you feel the need to to write this book? Um, you know, let's kind of let's kind of dive in. Uh, well, I'll start with the subtitle, "The Borrowed Time." Um, mm-hmm. It has to do with actually the first chapter of my book. Um, mm-hmm. I'm. I'm not supposed to be here. <laughs> I, um, I, uh, I, there was uh, an accident or something early and uh, not or late in my mom's pregnancy, and so a month before I was supposed to be born, the uh, umbilical cord ruptured, which sent my mom to the hospital bleeding profusely. And when my dad got there, the doctor met him and just said, "Listen, there's no hope for the baby, and you better pray for your wife." And um, so I was born by emergency cesarean section, and uh, and then when my mom, you know, finally woke up, I was in an incubator, so I wasn't there with her, and she had lost so much blood, and then had the anesthesia. She just asked the nurse, "How is my baby?" And the nurse answered, "It was a boy," and my mom thought she sort of collapsed on the pillow and grieved because she thought the nurse had put my death as tenderly as possible it was a boy and mm. uh and then on the third day <laughs> totally appropriate the, the pediatrician showed up and my mom said what the hell are you doing here and he said i've come to see your baby and then she said my baby's dead and he said no he's not and he ran and brought you know brought the incubator in her room and said he's doing just fine and so wow. my my resurrection became the stuff of legend in the ellison family but um <laughs> and, and when but, i when I read that, I thought, how is it possible that three whole days went by and she was not given the correct information? 
I have wondered this myself. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you, you can't <laughs> know the answer. <laughs> no, I, I can't. No, I don't. Do not. There's so much about that that remains unanswered. But there's mm-hmm. all sorts of uh, funny anecdotes. When I was finally brought home, I was extremely tiny, and she unwrapped me and showed me to her brother, and he said, "Huh." When we get them that small, we throw them back. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so, um, so, but I've always felt that um, I was living on borrowed time. That you know, I I dodged death, and um, and so that's the subtitle is just okay. Uh, I'm, I'm not supposed to be. In fact, I was, you know, I was born in a Catholic hospital, and the priest who you know delivered me baptized me on the spot, convinced I was soon to perish handed me to a nurse who took me somewhere else to another nurse. She took one look at me and baptized me again. So I've been baptized three times, you know, uh, counting the formal one later. Uh, it, the faith didn't stick, but that's how, <laughs> that's how close to death I was. And uh, so whenever I've contemplated that, I've always felt that I, uh, I'm, this life of mine is a real gift and I need to do something with it, that uh, I'm lucky to be here. Um, And then the Santander, uh, one of the craziest decisions I ever made was after college, I I went to Spain. And uh, to this day, it's what possessed me. I just knew something in my soul understood that I had a really very narrow vision of the world, sort of Mm. upper middle class, Catholic, white, Midwestern, narrow. And I just decided I just wanted to go see the world. And I had studied some Spanish in college, so I just chose Spain and ended up in a town on the northern coast called Santander. And my time there pretty much transformed the rest of my life. I mean, it was the uh, one of the greatest adventures of my life, but certainly changed my perspective of myself and my country and my goals in life. And it's when I, it's also where I started to teach at the time I, I had, uh, yeah, my high school teacher had said, Hey Dave, you ever want to, you ever thought of being a teacher? And I scoffed and said, hell no. And yet it was acting. Yeah. And and it was there in college. I mean, in Spain that I just to earn a living, I started teaching English as a second language and just had a little bit too much fun. So I think I think one of the fun things you did, I think you should probably tell our readers about the federales. <laughs> oh, well, that's another. Yeah, it's a wonder I ended up retiring in Mexico. Um, right. <laughs> so I'll, I'll try to keep this a very short story, but obviously it's much longer one. than that. But my time in Spain, um, they, at the time there were all the civil wars in Central America that were prompted by the United States. Uh, overthrowing democratically elected governments and installing ruthless dictatorships. And the Spaniards uh, had tried to tell me, but I wouldn't believe it. I said, that's lies, lies. And But when I returned to the United States, I wanted to continue to use my Spanish. So I taught in Texas and uh, inadvertently, I got uh, involved in the underground uh, refugee movement that was getting... Um, Uh, refugees north from primarily Guatemala and El Salvador to Canada, where they could be safe. And uh, I was in San Antonio, Texas, and uh, I was at a party. 
And uh, uh, the host came over and said, David, the, there's that young man in the corner. He speaks only Spanish. Would you go talk to him? And I went, cool. And I could barely get a word out of him. Uh, the, the thing he kept saying was just muy mala gente, which means a lot of bad people. Mm. And so I went back and heard of his story. He was a Guatemalan refugee. The uh, U.S.-sponsored army had murdered uh, his parents. In fact, there was genocide going on. They would just surround whole villages and mow everyone down. Hmm. And so he had fled. And if he had been captured by the U.S. immigration officials, they would have deported him back to certain death. And so that's how I got involved in the refugee movement. And uh, and then during one of my summer breaks, I really wanted to volunteer in a refugee camp in southern Mexico, which I later learned that was a dumb idea. <laughs> <laughs> and they they wouldn't let me. So I ended up volunteering in Tijuana at an orphanage there instead. But then I ended up traveling. And I headed south to Palenque, which uh, has these amazing Mayan ruins down in the southernmost state of Chiapas. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I was staying at the cheapest hotel in town, got into conversation with some of these bus drivers that were there, was wondering what they were doing there. And they were transporting refugees from the the border with Guatemala north to Campeche, away from what I I, I later understood was a war zone there. And I convinced, I just outstubborned him, but I convinced one of the bus drivers to take me to one of these uh, refugee camps called Boca La Cantun. And uh, because that's, I'd always wanted to get there. And I was so just abominably naive. <laughs> and and uh, I got off the bus and um, it was just a very tiny village, but there was one sort of pavilion with the flag flying. And so uh, I was a little disconcerted because there were tons of soldiers with automatic weapons. I thought, wait a minute, what is this? But I walked into the uh, pavilion and said, hi, I'm David Ellison from the United States, and I'd like to volunteer. And uh, the fellow arrested me on the spot. <laughs> and in retrospect, he did his best. Uh, I owe my life to him. He, uh, he realized the danger that I was in. In fact, there was a, they used the road there that uh, that led to this village as a makeshift airstrip. And there was a Cessna warming up on it. And he tried to get me on that plane because he realized I was in real danger. Um, but he couldn't. The plane was overloaded. So I ended up spending a week there in the jungle in Boca La Cantun. And the, the federal police arrived after three days. And uh, as I came to understand, they were running drugs. And, uh, and and they knew that I knew that. So they told me that they were going to take me out into the jungle and show me some of the other camps, which was meant they were going to just shoot me. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the middle of the night, Jorge uh, was this immigration official, official. He woke me up in the middle of a torrential downpour and said, get in the car. And uh, he saved my life. He sort of skirted me out of that village. Um, at the time, I thought he had been ordered to kill me. Um, mm. In fact, for some reason, they'd left me with my Swiss army knife. And he made me sit in front next to the driver. And he carried his Colt forty-five with him everywhere. So I just thought, okay, we're going to go out in the middle of the jungle. He's going to say, stop the car, Dave, get out. And that's the end of me. And I um, opened up my Swiss army knife and said, I'm not going down without a fight. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, well, he ended up 
driving me back to uh, Palenque and invited every immigration official from everywhere to meet me. And I didn't understand what he was doing. And he finally said, David, the more people who meet you, the less, uh, I mean, the harder it will be to disappear you. And uh, so he saved my life. Wow. Wow. And then you I mean, the thing very bad when you were very drunk. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, they, um, I mean, it was, um, I, I, it becomes almost surreal uh, what happened mm. later because they, no one there could type and they'd never arrested an American before. So I ended up typing out my own arrest papers, yeah, telling jokes the whole, <laughs> yeah, I processed myself. And then when I was done, they all, um, the room became very silent. And, uh, and then I said, what's the matter? And they said, well, we're supposed to lock you up now. And I said, well, okay, I got myself into this. And they said, ah, let's go get a beer. And, <laughs> and I spent the next three or four days completely drunk <laughs> with them. I mean, they just showed me such a good time. I could not keep up with their drinking. And uh, it was just an amazing adventure. I, I, at one time I turned, at one time I ended up meeting a federal police officer, uh, actually that night in a, um, is, do we have enough time for me to tell yes, this? I, part? I, yes, okay. You already started. Yeah. You started it. So now I'm like, wait, I need to know this story. Okay, So yeah. anyways, the immigration officials said, Hey, why don't you go ask that girl to dance over there? And I was drunk. So I said, Oh, let me tell you how we Americans conquer the ladies. And I was still very closeted at the time, convinced I was straight. Mm -hmm. And so I asked her to dance and uh, afterwards bought her a drink. And uh, I still remember, I said, so what do you do? And she said, nothing. And I said, well, what would you like to do? And she said, I'd like to marry me an American. And I went, Oof, spitting up my beer. And But then there was a tap on my shoulder. And this guy next to me said, who the hell are you? And I'm like, who the fuck are you? Right, right, right. And then he said, and, and then he said um, I'm her uncle. And then I went, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I, I, and I introduced myself and, and said, actually, I'm under arrest. And I pointed over at the immigration officials and, and told them the whole story. And he said, really? Well, tell me about those federales. And I told him what I thought of the federales, those hijos de puta. And I just <laughs> went in the whole thing. This is how awful they were. And then he reached into his pocket, took out his wallet and there was his badge. He was second in command of all the oh federales of the entire region. <laughs> and I, I now remember I was drunk and I turned to him and I said, you son of a bitch. Oh my God. <laughs> and he looked at me in astonishment and then he burst out laughing and he said, bartender, get this man another beer. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and he invited me out to a place called Aguas Azules to be his niece's date for the next day. And I had a grand old time. And I said, boy, if, if I had known being arrested was uh, so much fun, I would have done it a long time ago. But <laughs> I mean, the American prison system is doing it all wrong. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> no, but this is, you know, children do not try this at home. <laughs> yeah, I, I lucked out, though. One thing that saved me is the fact that... Um, uh, I, eventually, uh, I, I was sent to the uh, Mexican immigration prison in, in Mexico City, and then things got real, and I was locked up in a prison. Though even there, I, 
I thought, wait a minute, why do I travel? I travel to meet people from all over and have conversations with them. And now I'm locked up with everybody and they've got nothing better to do but talk to me. And so I said, cool. <laughs> and then I ended up teaching English there in the uh, immigration prison. They called me El Profe. And uh, it's ironic and so unjust because these are people who are going to be deported, many of them perhaps to back to some very difficult situations. And they were terrified. And I'm having the time of my life. I'm saying this is so much fun. Right. Um, so I, um, but I will say this, that uh, in the immigration prison, I met this one American who had, he, he, someone had stolen his wife's purse. And, and then a few minutes later, he saw the fella, who of course no longer had the purse, but he grabbed the guy in a bear hug and started screaming, policia, policia. The police arrived, and of course they can't do anything because there's no evidence, and this guy throws a fit, you know, one of these, I'm an American kind of fit. So they ended up arresting the Americans and locking them up, and they kept throwing that, I'm an American fit, and they, they were really treated poorly. And I was quite the opposite. I just said, man, I fucked up. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> tell, tell me how I can help you fix this. I spoke their language. I was deferential to them. And so they, you know, I, I was not your typical American and uh, they responded in kind. I think there's karma. And because I showed them immense respect, they circled the wagons around me and took very good care of me. So those mean. are just a few of the amazing stories that are throughout your entire book. Um, and they are all that good. <laughs> uh, they are really, they are fantastic stories. And you tell them, you tell them so succinctly and so perfectly. So like the vast majority of the chapters are just a couple of pages. Um, yeah. and, and it's not because uh, of anything missing from your writing style. It's because you know how to precisely get just what needs to be in there in there before you move on to the next thing. Well, um, yes and no. I mean, there's uh, the a lot of those, not all of them, but a lot of them began as columns that I wrote mm -hmm. for the local newspaper over mm -hmm. 18 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, I published one collection that had an entirely uh, education focus called Chalk Dust, a Teacher's Marks. And that was just a collection of columns. Mm -hmm. But then later on, I thought, wait a minute. Um, how about if I use these as as a memoir? So I went back and cobbled a bunch of them together just to tell the story of my life. Um, some of them, such as my coming out story and others, I wrote exclusively for the book. But there's a reason that most of them are fairly short, because I had a, a limit of, of words for my column. In fact, my mom, who is ever the um, honest-to-the-point-of-fault critic, said, the best thing that ever happened to you, Dave, was having a word limit. <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love it this oh. is awesome mm -hmm. well david ellison you have been a treat this has been so much fun um thank you so much for sharing these stories and then again you have to grab santander so that you can read more of these stories because we didn't even get into like the really great things that happened within uh your teaching career um and and then all of the you know the moments of like the traveling uh, the traveling and all of the, there's just so much more uh, that is a part of it. So please let our listeners know where they can grab Santander 
um, and then where they can follow you or uh, learn more about you and things that you have going on for the future? Well, there's the easiest place. Just go to Amazon and type in uh, Santander, S-A-N-T-A-N-D-E-R, as in the bank, and then right. rambling on borrowed time. Um, and then uh, if you want to get a hold of me, just my email, hello, D Ellison at gmail.com. And it's <laughs> E-L-L-I-S-O-N. And I'm currently working on another book. Uh, this one is actually Mexican history for expats. Uh, it's oh, wow. It's going to be called Niños Héroes, which in Spanish means the children heroes, which is, and then it's called the fascinating stories behind Mexican street names. And it's Mexican history for expats and, you know, visitors to Mexico. And it's, I'm having a lot of fun researching it and writing it. Love that. Well, you have to let us know when uh, it launches so that we can uh, show you some social media love here. Sure. Um, And then, you know, get uh, people to uh, go check it out as well. So again, David Ellison, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you both. So much fun. Awesome. Uh, We are going to take a short break, but we will be back in just a bit. I think you all know that I'm not much for the social medias. If you've listened to the podcast for a single second, then you know tweeting and trending are foreign concepts to me. Oh yes, babe. We are all very much so aware of your aversion to anything that even remotely resembles a hashtag or DM. Although I've done a hashtag once. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep, I, re- I remember. Mm. <laughs> but I do know that Relationship has some amazing content on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And that is all thanks to my husband, because I want no part of it. <laughs> well, thank you. I think. <laughs> yes. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We are at Pod Relationship on all social media platforms. There, you can check out our hashtag Queer Relationship Goals for the week. You can be inspired by some of our queer quotes and corresponding song lyrics you can also read reviews catch a glimpse of us and even check out the week's guests so head to twitter instagram and facebook and follow us we are at pod relationship on all platforms we look forward to your double taps and comments even though i don't know what the heck that means (laughs) just quit while you're ahead you got it All right, so before we get out of here, a few things, a few shits to put on your radar. Nothing. Um, that's not true. <laughs> um, Valentine's Day is coming up, so if you got a bay or a boo or a bang, I don't know what you kids are calling them these days, um, uh, make sure you treat them well. Now, let's be honest. Valentine's Day is a commercial holiday. Um, and the greeting card company is definitely responsible for us showing love on February 14th. (laughs) However, conspiracy much, (laughs) however, people like me love, love, and we love celebrating love on Valentine's day. And so there's nothing wrong with making your partner feel love on V day. Um, so make sure you celebrate and have a good time. I know Tony and I are going to celebrate ourselves because it's our half anniversary and it's Valentine's Day. 
which is going to be fantastic. Yeah, just make sure you stay safe. Start thinking now that it's on your radar and you can come up with some creative ways to do things with your uh, significant other. And then for people who are single, do what I used to do when I was single on Valentine's Day and have a date with yourself and love and celebrate yourself. Oh, yeah. And as Dan Savage says all the time, fuck first. Um, don't go out, have a really expensive dinner, get full off of all sorts of food and drink and all this other stuff like that. And then expect to go home and actually like have sex. <laughs> Cause like, who wants to do that when you're bloated and gassy and, and stuff is going on inside of you? Like, so y'all are eating the wrong shit. <laughs> so fuck first. Cause it's always better to do that. And it'll be fun. Sound advice. <laughs> so that's going to do it for this week's episode. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in and being a part of this really important conversation. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Pod Relationship. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us. And keep listening to season four, The Quattro. Oh, good Lord. Um, if you have any situations or comments that you'd like us to address here on the show, you can email us at relationshipquestions at gmail.com or submit on our website, podrelationship.com. And be sure to check out the Relationship blog on our website this Friday, where I will muse a bit further on this week's topic. A special thank you to our Patreon members. We hope you enjoyed the early access to the episode and the behind-the-scenes interview with this week's guest. Tony and I will harass your ears next week. And remember, the good, the bad, the ugly, you gotta love all that shit for it to be real. Amen. So if you haven't become a patron because you're not donating to the Relationship Podcast Patreon account, I'm genuinely worried about your mental faculties. (laughs) Same. I don't understand why you wouldn't want to be a part of all the fun we have on our episodes on Patreon. And you can't even listen to them unless you become a Patreon member. So like, what are you doing? Yep. We do a rapid fire Q&A with the week's guests and find out a little more about them while having a few aha moments and a lot of laughs. Yes. Questions like, what book or movie title would describe your sex life or... Or what is your best and worst qualities are sure to make you laugh out loud, literally. Patreon members will also have the opportunity to pick topics for us to discuss on the podcast. Starting at the $5 monthly donation level or higher, we will research, talk about our experiences with, and give our insight on any topic you pick. It's our way of including you in the conversation. And once a month, Marco and I get on for another edition of Critelli Crap, our very own version of listener situations. We act as a listener with a problem from our own relationship and seek neutral, non-offended advice from one another as if we were friends, not husbands. Oh my God. And you can't forget about our newest content for Patreon members. Behind the sound check. Some of the funniest conversations we have are when we are testing our equipment before recording the podcast. Instead of deleting those bloopers, we've decided to save them and upload them for your listening pleasure. If you want to laugh at just how stupid we really are, (laughs) you're going to love this. It's quickly become my favorite content to record. Oh my gosh, mine too. So head to patreon.com slash podrelationship today and start donating as little as $5 a month for extra content separate from the podcast. Your donations give you access to the weekly episodes. Yep, that's patreon.com slash podrelationship for more content from your favorite hosts. We look forward to receiving your money. (laughs) I mean, that's one way of putting it. (laughs) Bye, y'all.